I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 80, Holiness to the Lord, studying Exodus chapters 35 through 40 and Leviticus chapters 1, 16, and 19. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter of God just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home too. All right. Um, I'm warning you now that I do sound like I swallowed a frog and a half. Um, I've got whatever that crud is that's going around and it's making me all kinds of wheezy and phlegmy and deliciousness. So heads up if you hear me hacking a lung out. I'm okay. I'm fine. More or less. <laughs> um, there's essentially two scriptures um, that I want to talk about. Well, two groups of scripture rather or a group of scripture and a scripture. <laughs> anyway, we're going to start in Exodus chapter 35, um, and we're looking at verses 21 and 22 and verses 25 and 26. And I think actually at the beginning of Exodus chapter 36, it continues to kind of talk about this, but this is the gist of it, right? And I'm just going to read kind of a couple of phrases <clears throat> from that group of scriptures um, that are the part that I want to focus on. So everyone whose heart stirred him up, everyone whom his spirit made willing, as many as were willing hearted. All women that were wise hearted, the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom. Okay. So this theme of hearts being stirred up, spirits being willing, hearts being willing, women or um, wise hearted, hearts being stirred up in wisdom, right? This is the concept that I kind of want to focus on. And I love I love the language um, of these particular verses because I think it emphasizes that what matters most to our Heavenly Father, to our Heavenly um, Mother, to our Savior, is not what the offering is. It doesn't necessarily matter if our offering is gold or silver or fine linen or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What matters more is how our offerings are offered. What are our hearts looking like when we make these offerings? Now, we today don't make offerings of gold and silver and um, fine linen, bullocks, you know, like our our sacrifices and our offerings look different. Um, we obviously, we have fast offering, which could be gold and silver, right? It's money. Um, we have our tithing, which is again, money. We have our offerings, I think of like as service, <coughs> excuse me. We have like our, our offerings of service. And I like the idea of before we start serving, before we go to a service project or we sit down to do family history, or we sit down to do any kind of service or any kind of work for someone else, where we are serving someone else, where we are serving our savior um, kind of checking in and seeing how our hearts are feeling, how we are feeling, how our spirits are feeling. And is this service willing? Um, and I think it's something to be said that, um, the desire to want to want to serve, does that make sense? So if I, I'm not, my, my methods of preferred service um, are slim. <laughs> there are certain ways I don't enjoy serving other people. 
Um, and not against other people. It's something that it has to do with me. Um, and sometimes I was talking to my sister-in-law the other day about something and I was saying how I want to be the kind of person that wants to serve in this way, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not right now, but I'm going to continue to work to want, cause I want to be that kind of person eventually. I'm not that person right now. Um, and I know that if I try to serve in that way right now, it won't feel like service. It won't be given with a willing um, heart. It will be given with resentment. It'll build resentment and it'll make me bitter. And so I, I say no right to that right now. But I eventually want to be that person that serves in that way. And so my desire to want to want to serve, does that make sense? Um, is I think valuable, right? And I think that this is true. Um, eventually someday I'm going to be in that place where I have the availability to serve in that way. And then it's going to be now, do I have the desire to serve in that way? And if I have the availability and I don't have the desire yet, then I can be like, okay, well, I'm going to start acting on this availability and help it kind of tune me into that desire of wanting to want, right? It's like when um, people, some people have faith and some people want to have faith. Does that make sense? So the desire is still there. And I think that that's, um, that is powerful. And I think that it can be used well, um, as well as making sure that when we are serving, that we are serving from a loving place. Um, not to say that sometimes you don't show up to that early morning um, service project kind of groggy and grumbly and a little bit grumpy because you're awake. I think that there is, there is um, merit in showing up when you don't really want to show up and um, serving when you're not all there yet. Um, because I think the act of service, you know, I, I've never, I can honestly say I've never been to a service project and at the end of it thought, well, that was a waste of time, right? Like no matter what it was, even if it was picking rocks out of the church, um, what is it? The church garden or whatever, and going and picking up a bunch of rocks. I can honestly say, even though it was muddy and wet and cold, that at the end of it, I wasn't like, what a waste of time. You know, I still felt good from giving that service, um, but I also know I would have felt better if I had started in a good, in a better place in myself. Um, and I think that it's also cool to think about how sometimes that service can help stir up our hearts to be more willing for next time, right? The more that we serve, the more that we, um, the more that we do that. For me, when I was growing up, <clears throat> one thing that was actually really hard for me were um, baptisms. Not because I didn't enjoy doing baptisms, but because we lived on the opposite side of the island where the temple was when I was growing up. And so when we wanted to do baptisms, first of all, they only had them in the mornings. And so the slot was always at like seven o'clock in the morning, which doesn't sound that early until you realize we had to drive an hour and a half um, first. So that means that we have to leave where we live at 5.30 in the morning to get there at 7, except for we couldn't get there at 7 because we started at 7, so we had to actually be there 30 minutes early, which means we had to leave two hours earlier, and then we also had to, which meant I had to wake up even, anyway, and so, like, I was waking up very early in the morning to go, um, and 
sometimes I'm not, I'm not a morning person. I was a morning person for like four seconds, one time in college. Um, but other than that, I've always been a pretty solid night owl. And so I'm just grumpy in the mornings and it's not because I don't want to be there. It's just because I'm grumpy. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to the next um, scripture that I want to talk about. This is the one I kind of wanted to end with just because I felt like this is something that for me was super valuable, especially in terms of, um, the topic focus for these scriptures, which is holiness to the Lord. Um, this is Leviticus one five, and this is just talking about, um, this is just talking about the killing of a bullock, which is a male calf, right? A baby. I say baby it makes it me sad, but, um, a male cow youngin, <laughs> right? Um, and here's the thing I want to talk about though. I'm not going to read the specific, um, verse cause it, not that it doesn't matter, but like the details of the verse are not important. It's not the part I want to focus on. Um, but it talks about how, um, how the blood is to be used and how to kill the calf and all these things, right? It's all, it's a, it's the, the, the details of the ceremony. And for me reading this, I was thinking about how, like so many times I've read about sacrifices, like physical sacrificing an, a live animal and killing it, right? That act of sacrifice, um, in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, I've read about it. And every single time, pretty much, I thought, oh, I'm so glad I was not born in that time. I'm so glad that that's not a part of my personal worship service, that I have to go and find this unspotted, unhurt, perfect um, calf, bullock, bull calf, and then take this little baby animal away from its mother and then kill it as recompense for my sins, right? Like, first of all, the idea of killing is just gross, like blood and guts and blech, right? Um, but also like the concept of it for me, like, I know that I have friends that are farmers. I have friends that like raise their own livestock and butcher things. And they're like, this is what it is. This is part, I mean, it's part of the life circle you know, I'm, I'm not vegan or by any means, I definitely eat meat. Um, and I recognize that it comes from animals, but I also don't necessarily want to be the one to pull the trigger. Right. Um, and the idea of just killing something also the fact that it's a bullock, like that it's not a bull, like the idea of killing a bull is like, Oh, that's kind of yucky, but okay. But the idea of killing like a baby cow just is so sad to me because babies. Right. Um, and I was thinking about it. It was like, you know, <clears throat> the idea of killing something young and innocent hurts my heart. Um, and I know that this is done, was done in similitude of our savior who was young and innocent. And it's funny. Cause when I was growing up, I was like, Oh, like the savior was like a fully grown man. I am 32 years old in January, I will be 33 years old. I will be the same age that we believe the savior was when he was, um, when he was killed, when he was crucified. Right. Like I'm not that old. I mean, my back is definitely like 80, but as a whole 32, 33, it's not that old. Um, and so I think about how if I had to provide an animal, right, a young perfect first male animal to atone for my sins. 
would I think twice about my actions, knowing that if I made certain decisions, in order to fix those decisions, I was going to have to be the one to take the life of something young and innocent because I decided to make bad choices, right? <clears throat> would that change the way, excuse me, would that change the way that I make choices? And knowing that this is in similitude of our Savior, bringing it into today, where we don't have to go out and find a young calf or lamb to kill, but knowing our Savior, who was young and innocent, who suffered for us willingly, do I think about how the choices I am making right now can either relieve or add to his burden? Do I think about that before I do things? I know that if I had to be the one to physically kill another living creature to atone for me, it would change the way that I looked at my choices. It would change the way that I thought and felt and did things. I think I'd be, I would try, I feel like probably more to pay more attention and to be more aware and to try and be kinder so that I didn't have to, I could avoid making those mistakes. Um, I would still make mistakes, right? I'm still a human being. I'm not going to just magically become not a human being who makes bad choices. Um, but I feel like I might be more aware and more conscious in my choice making. And I want to have that awareness with me now, right? Like I don't want to have to be killing animals in order to figure out how to recompense and make like good choices. Right. But I'm just thinking about how, um, about how my choices can either add to that burden of the savior, or it can relieve that burden of the savior. Um, and how I'm going to carry that with me as I go through my life, I hope. <laughs> um, and think more consciously about what I'm doing and how hopefully I'm relieving burden and I'm not adding more to it. Um, and that when I do add to the burden, because I will, like I said, I'm still human, still going to make mistakes that I am gracious with myself <coughs> because here's the thing. <coughs> If I spiral in shame, if I beat myself up for making choices and being like, oh, I yelled at the kids again today and I feel terrible about that and I continue to beat myself up and continue to be like, man, Donica, you yelled at the kids today? You're a terrible mom. <coughs> Sorry. Good moms don't yell at their kids. Good moms are kind to their kids all the time and are like Mary Poppins. If I, <coughs> if I was like that, that just adds to it even more so. So those times that I yell at the kids, which I do and I will, um, I go, man, yelled at the kids today. That's a bummer. I know I was really struggling on my period. Haven't been sleeping well because we got the boys sleeping in the same room. Haven't been going to bed at a good time because the baby's been staying up super late. I, <coughs> sorry, you guys. 
not to make excuses for myself, but to kind of get back into my own shoes a little bit and not judge myself so harshly and be like, man, that's a lot of stuff that's going on. You have a lot of stress and there's a lot of things that are going on. No wonder you lost your temple, your temple, (laughs) your temple. No wonder you lost your temper with the kids and you yelled at them. Let's see. Let's see if maybe we can get to bed a little earlier tonight. Let's see if we can take a little time for ourselves. Let's see. How can, how can we take care of us so that we can be kinder to the kids? Um, let's make sure that we apologize to the kids, you know, being kind to myself, talking to myself in the way that I would talk to my best friend if she came to me and was like, I, cause my best friend does, she will come to me and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm the worst mom. This is what I did. My girl, did you feed the kid? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, then it doesn't matter if he ate chicken nuggets from McDonald's or a five course, all vegan meal. It doesn't like you fed him, right? He's got a full belly and he was happy to eat it. Awesome. Even if he wasn't happy to eat it, even if he still ate it, then it, that's okay. It's okay. Right. Um, Being kind to ourselves helps us make better choices in the future, and it helps us be kinder to each other. And I will talk to you next week.